Wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm a minister of the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the normally beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your drive time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. It's really wonderful uh, to be able to share with you once again. Now, look, folks, I'd love you uh, to be able to join with us. If you've got a thought or a comment on something that we're talking about today, please feel free to send that in. Uh, if you want to share a positive thought, a comment, um, just if you want to say hello to us, uh, I'm more than happy to have you uh, uh, say hello. Now, you can do that by just texting us here at the studio. Our text number is 04888. 80811. And uh, why don't you simply add that uh, to your phone numbers in your phone? Put it under drive time and uh, and uh, we will uh, uh, be able to uh, make contact uh, just by you pushing one button. 0488 80811 is that number again. Now, all this week, uh, we're looking at the theme, the Bible, physical health, and spirituality. And today we're asking, is physical health and spirituality, is it connected? Now, uh, there are so many people who, uh, uh, who don't realize the intimate connection between these, uh, these two vital aspects of a person's personality. Um, today, uh, I believe you'll be richly blessed by everything, uh, that, uh, that you do, that you do here. Uh, of course, today our co-host is live from Perth in West Oz, and that's Pastor Don Felberg. And Don, he recently retired as the uh, Aboriginal Western District Regional Leader. Um, welcome again to you, Don. Thank you there, Pastor Gary. Happy to be with you and your listeners. Uh, look, it's fantastic to have you uh, have you with us once again. Tell me, what is life uh, like in uh, in Perth at this uh, at this point in time? Well, it's a bit cold of a night. We got down to four degrees here. I think it's one of our lowest last night, but wow. I'm happy to tell you the sun has been shining all day. Oh, that, tell me, what does a retired pastor do? I mean, okay, you speak on, uh, on Faith FM one day a week and people really appreciate what it is that you share. Um, but what else do you do in your retirement? Oh, I'm very busy, actually. There's a lot of things I want to do that I don't seem to have time to do. I've been up to Mummerafa College with my wife this morning, and she did a recording live stream on Facebook, a worship with the Mummerafa students. That's the Adventist Church's Indigenous Bible College here in Perth. Wow. And uh, I take lots of phone calls from our Aboriginal people all around uh, the place. And... Um, Plus um, many other things. So yes, <laughs> the days just fly by, Pastor Gary. I can fully believe it. Do you, do you have many? Do we have many of uh, our uh, uh, you know our Aboriginal uh, friends, Indigenous people? Do many listen to to Faith FM? 
Um, I'm not quite sure. I in some areas, it, it, I think they do, but I'm not real sure just how many do tune in. Okay, okay, okay. We need to um, educate uh, everybody on the uh, Faith FM app, and of course, that's one of the best apps uh, that you can actually get from your app store. If uh, you want to listen to Faith FM without being uh, interrupted, uh, all you've got to do is to go to your Faith, uh, uh, go to your favourite app, app store, and uh, look for Faith FM Australia. And uh, people can download that uh, that app, and that's a real ripper of uh, of an app. I love it myself. I put it on when I'm in my car, and uh, I, I listen to uh, uh, to Faith FM being Bluetoothed uh, from my phone uh, through my uh, my car system, and it's uh, it is such an incredible uh, blessing. And uh, yeah, look, I just encourage people to pick up that if that app if they possibly can. But look, Don, let's come to our world religion news report um, because there is so much happening in the religious world at this particular uh, point in time now um, just um, uh, just this morning I, I did come across a, an article and uh, to me I'd love to get your feedback uh, on it now this is once again comes from the Christian headlines uh, site uh, and it was entitled uh, Christians are self-censoring their beliefs due to secular intolerance uh, one study has found and this is what the article uh, says. According to a new report, Christians uh, who find it difficult to freely express their beliefs in society uh, due to secular intolerance are practicing various forms of self-censorship. Uh, the report that's entitled Perceptions on Self-Censorship, uh, Confirming and Understanding the Chilling Effect, was put together by the Observatory on Intolerance and Discrimination Against Christians in Europe. Uh, the study features case studies from France, Germany, Colombia and Mexico. Secular intolerance has a chilling effect on Christians, which directly affects their capacity uh, to express their faith freely in society and uh, is leading to various forms of self-censorship, the study said. Uh, some people do indeed fear being subjected to legal proceedings or being criminally sanctioned on charges of discrimination, while others fear being subjected to disciplinary proceedings in their work or uh, other other places. Uh, with some exceptions, the majority choose to keep it, their expressions of faith uh, or their opinions on issues of life marriage and the family um, that arise from Christian from a Christian perspective private because they've witnessed sanctions or uh, prosecutions which have uh, colleagues or peers have been subjected uh, the report uh, added um, we posit uh, they said uh, that the accumulation of seemingly insignificant incidents, creates an environment in which Christians do not feel comfortable uh, to live their faith freely, the report explained. Indeed, Western Christians experience a chilling effect uh, resulting from perceived pressures in their cultural environment related uh, to widely um, uh, uh, shared court cases. Uh, the report 
noted that self-censorship not only limits people from expressing their religious beliefs, but also their, uh, it violates uh, uh, that these violations to the right to religious freedom can cause the disappearance of religion in uh, many contexts. Um, in talking about uh, uh, this uh, uh, this issue, Christian uh, Christian today uh, said this. Um, she explained that the study raises the legitimate question of how is it possible in a mature liberal democratic society that stands for tolerance, diversity, and inc- and inclusivity uh, to, uh, and open discourse that people are frightened to freely speak their minds. Most Christian participants in the study uh, were actually unaware until it was pointed out of their self-imposed censorship. However, some have censored themselves so regularly that they've stopped seeing the characteristics related to self-censorship. The church has allowed itself, and this to me is probably one of the most frightening statements in this entire article, the church has allowed itself to be self-censored. Christian religious leaders, that's people like you and me, um, have uh, more freedom to express themselves freely, but they do not always take advantage of that freedom, the study Asserted. Now, Don, as I was reading uh, this particular uh, article, I, it really raised so many questions in in my mind. Now, look, what do you think of, of these comments? You know, do you think that Christians are doing the right thing when they self censor? You know, I mean, to what extent is being? I mean, they're being politically correct. To what extent is? Um, being politically correct and avoiding offence part of the Christian ethos? What's what's your thinking? Yes, uh, well, good questions, Gary. And, and I think um, the comments in the article about many Christian people self-censoring are true. I think, Pastor Gary, there's a couple of issues here. It's true, I believe, as the article says, that people are afraid to speak up for fear of losing their job or being taken to court. Uh, So they're careful who they talk to and what they say to particular people. Uh, And I think about an experience I had when I was on a state emergency service committee in Launceston in Tasmania. And we were discussing various uh, disasters and our responses to them. And there was discussion about how to accommodate various cultural groups and their beliefs and their practices. People with Islamic or Hindu beliefs and practices needed to be catered for in a particular way. But you know what I found interesting there was no talk about accommodating people with Christian beliefs and practices. Mm. Mm. Our society, to me, has become very accommodating of most beliefs, even some that are quite off to the left. They are accommodating them, but not so accommodating to Bible Christianity. In fact, it's often rubbished in the media 
and uh, those principles are not respected. But any other viewpoints uh, are given are given airtime, and uh, and uh, and and the hosts show quite an interest in them. Mm, now, yeah. so so we are living in an interesting time here in Australia, and I think it is very true, as that article points out, that people are self-censoring because of that. Don, don't you think, though, that, I mean, part of the, and I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, but, uh, you know, don't you think that, uh, you know, avoiding offence is part of the Christian ethos? I, I think it certainly is. I think it certainly is. Now, I'd say there's another issue here, and that is that uh, some of this self-censoring, or you might say we're being politically correct so we don't avoid offence, is because people don't know why they believe what they believe. Ah. And Pastor Gary, let me give you an example here for exa- about marriage. There are some people that uh, they, their mum and dad got married, they know their grandparents got married, and so, yeah, they'll get married too. It's, uh, it's, and it's a Christian thing, it's done in the church. But if you were to ask them what does the Bible say about marriage, what biblical evidence is there for getting married, they wouldn't. They they don't really know. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to give you a biblical answer. Yeah. And so, if such a person uh, was challenged uh, along the line of someone saying, "Well, look, I think I can live in a de facto relationship," God would accept that. If you don't know the biblical basis for marriage, well, then. Just it's not easy to express your view, is it? Exactly. That's uh, that's a very powerful point, you know, to actually know your faith well enough to be able to provide uh, a reasonable answer. You know, I'm conscious that the Apostle Peter talked about the necessity of being able to provide a reasonable answers, you know, to those who actually ask a response for, uh, you know, why we actually do uh, what it is that we that we do. Now, now look, Don, just... Yeah. Just before we move on, um, look, in the book of Acts, the disciples, they prayed for this thing called boldness. Now, yeah. is it possible to be both bold and wise? And, and do, you th- do you think that the church maybe has lost some of its boldness? Yes, unfortunately, it seems to have gone quiet on a number of key issues. Uh, boldness seems to have gone out of the door. Now, having said that, uh, the Bible clearly says that we ought to try as much as possible to live in peace with all people. You know, Romans chapter 12 and verse mm-hmm. 18. Jesus himself said, be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves in Matthew 10 and verse 16. Mm-hmm. But, but you mentioned there about the book of Acts. And uh, there's a there's a wonderful story here in the book of Acts about Peter and John uh, healing a, a lame man at the temple, and um, and the people you know were amazed when this miracle took place. And so, as you can p- imagine, people gathered around Peter and John, and and he took the opportunity to share with them that it wasn't 
him or their power that had done this. It was Jesus and the Jesus that they had crucified. And he defended Jesus as the Messiah and challenged the people to accept his salvation, to turn to him. Well, the story tells there in Acts chapter 3 that the priest and the leaders came and arrested Peter and John. And they said to the, and Peter and John gave a powerful testimony to the hierarchy at that time mm. as, uh, as to what had happened. I, I, um, I read it here. It says, it says, let it be known to you all. This is Acts chapter four, verse 10. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. And then they said, there is no salvation in any other except through the name of Jesus. Well, the authorities, they said to them, hey, listen, uh, we don't want you to say anything more about this man. Don't talk about him. They, they threatened them, and they said, we don't want you to preach any more about this man. And uh, Peter and John, they very clearly uh, said in Acts chapter 4, verse 19, they said, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Amen. And so there they boldly said, we, we have to talk about these things because Jesus had given them a commission to go and to share uh, about, about um, him and about his salvation, and they were going to do that. They weren't going to be silenced by the religious leaders. Mm. And um, anyway, as you go on in the story there, it's, um, it, it talks about the fact that um, they prayed. They met together after they got away from the leaders. And it says, they said, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. This is Acts 4, verse 29. Mm, powerful. Verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Yeah. Now, Pastor Gary, I think we should be tactful. We shouldn't needlessly upset people. We need to speak kindly and lovingly, but we need to faithfully declare the word of God like Peter and John did. Yeah. And the Apostle Paul tells us in Acts 20 and verse 27 that he, he um, did not shun to declare all the counsel of God. He faithfully gave God's message, gave it as tactfully and kindly as he could, but mm -hmm. yet faithfully. And I think that's our duty, and it is sad when the Christian church and when Christian people 
uh, don't stand up for what they believe. Yeah, no, I think you've made some excellent, uh, excellent points there, Don. Um, you know, this self-censoring, maybe the day of self-censoring, maybe it's time uh, to actually be be standing up and uh, and speak with wisdom, uh, but also to uh, speak with her holy and sanctified uh, boldness. Because it's interesting that story that you quoted there in uh, uh, in Acts chapter four. That was actually the second record of the Holy Spirit being poured out. The first time was when uh, after the a day of Pentecost, the second example of the um, of the Holy Spirit being poured out in the New Testament occurs there in that particular incident. They prayed for boldness and the Holy Spirit was poured out. Uh, what a powerful yeah. God that we actually serve. Look, guys, let's come yeah. to some music because I am conscious that we uh, our time is starting to get run away from us already. Um, uh, let's come and uh, enjoy uh, faith first. And uh, this is uh, a very beautiful song, Where There Is Faith. Uh, please enjoy a faith first where there is faith.
was Faith First, uh, Where There Is Faith. What a beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, praise uh, song that uh, that really is. I uh, really appreciated that. Now, folks, look, we do have a, a giveaway uh, book today. Now, look, every single day this week we have a different giveaway book. Uh, and, uh, of course, this week we're dealing with uh, health and spirituality. And so we've got a series of books that uh, deal with this particular subject. Uh, today's book's entitled uh, Taking Charge of Your Health. This is uh, uh, by uh, Dr. Uh, Hans, Hans Deal, and uh, um, he, he, he writes this, if your future's not what it used to be, uh, why not get a new one? Uh, take Bob Anderson, he says, age 66. Uh, before, he couldn't even walk to his mailbox. Afterwards, he travelled 300 miles to his doctor's appointment uh, over the Rocky Mountains on a bicycle. <laughs> For an encore, he bicycled 3,000 miles uh, right across Canada. What made the difference? The principles in this particular book. Take charge of your health. Um, now, he shows in case after case that health derelicts can become dynamos by simply uh, simplifying their diet, eating unrefined foods, and using natural remedies uh, such as on cold water treatments and exercising. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking about this uh, this whole subject uh, today. But look, folks, if you want a uh, uh, a book that really summarises what all we're sharing today in just a, a very uh, a brief way, it's not a large book. Uh, look, this book is one that you really need to pick up. Now, uh, taking charge of your health. If you'd like a, your own copy of uh, of this uh, particular book, um, uh, all you all you need to do is to text us at our studio text number now our studio text number is 04 triple eight eight oh eight eleven that number again oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven and the code that you need today is SA fifty five. No gap between the SA and the fifty five, just SA fifty five and uh, that will go directly to Faithful. Now Faithful's our robot. Uh, wonderful uh, robot he, he is too. And he will contact you. He'll ask you just a, a few questions. No human's going to become involved with this. No one's going to give you a hard time. Uh, he's going to ask you some questions that will enable us to be able to contact you and send you the book in the fastest uh, uh, way possible. So if you want to uh, uh, get some experience, it's a wonderful experience to uh, get in contact with uh, our mate uh, Faithful, uh, taking charge of your health, uh, hand the deal, and the code is uh, just text us here at the studio 04888808811, and the code is SA55, and Faithful, he'll be the one who will chat to you. Also, if you've got any thoughts or comments about our uh, study today, about anything we've said, uh, feel free to make contact with us. Uh, we would love uh, to be able to uh, uh, to share uh, to share with uh, with you. Uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Uh, and today our co-host is live from Perth in West Oz, Pastor Don Felberg. And Pastor Don is really appreciated by, uh, by so many people. Uh, Don's recently retired as the Aboriginal Western District Regional Leader. Now uh, this week uh, we're looking at the theme, the Bible Physical health and spirituality. And today we're asking, is physical health and spirituality 
connected. Now, you know, when I was actually uh, uh, considering this particular subject, uh, I, I was wondering if there was anyone, you know, o- online that had any testimonies in this particular area. And uh, I came across a uh, uh, InterVarsity um, uh, a document that, um, uh, that, that shared this and that was responding to that particular question. Six years ago, uh, the document says, uh, I was stuck in a major spiritual rut. I didn't feel motivated to do much of anything and I felt like I was walking around in a constant haze, says this writer. I'll do it later, became my unintentional mantra, especially when it came to things like reading the Bible or connecting with God in quiet times. Many of the things that I used to bring me joy weren't cutting it anymore. Basically, I was hard to engage, hard to listen, hard to pray, hard to interact with people and also with Jesus. Around that time, I was also becoming physically unhealthy, as in I was becoming overweight. I have to admit it, I was on my way to becoming fat. Uh, Food didn't even taste uh, good to me anymore. I was spending a lot of time sitting in front of a computer, in front of a television, uh, in front of a stack of paperwork and hardly any time on my feet. It wasn't until I started training for a half marathon uh, that I realised that these two things, my physical health and spiritual health, were actually intimately connected. Um, and then he talks about a dare that was put to him by one of his mates. Uh, my road uh, to health started with a dare from a friend to run a half marathon. Um, that stirred something in me. So I signed up for the following week. I actually didn't realise uh, that a half marathon was uh, uh, 13.1. Uh, miles. Uh, I'm glad I didn't, or I probably wouldn't have signed up, he says. I started running, and because I was on the uh, online running forums, uh, and they said, uh, they told me to start eating better, and no drive through, and a uh, lot more home cooking, and I started to notice changes. I lost some weight. I stopped snoring. I started sleeping better, mostly because the running took it all out of me, and I was conked out by 10. I felt energised. I felt light. I felt alive. Then something else happened, he climaxed. Uh, Something I didn't expect. The spiritual haze lifted. I started following through with my commitments to spend time with Jesus, even though it was inconvenient, in part because I was forcing myself to run each day, even though I didn't want to. Moreover, While I was out of my runs, connecting my body with nature and with God, I started praying in new ways. I found joy in Jesus again, and also, interestingly, in food. As I started eating in a more healthy manner, I became more determined and motivated and engaged, not only physically, but spiritually as well. Uh, do you know, Don, as I, as I read that particular story, I, I, I sort of thought, hey, uh, what an amazing God we actually serve. You know, certainly according to this person, health and spirituality are actually connected. But Don, tell us something. Does the Bible make that same link? Yes, uh, Pastor Gary, it does. In fact, that story is is such a wonderful story, and I'm glad you shared it today. And I think all who make the type of changes that that man made have the same sort of testimony. But uh, yes, the Bible does um, 
uh, tell a, 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 a story that's um, very interesting in, in relation to this. In the book of Daniel, uh, we have the story where King Nebuchadnezzar went down to Jerusalem and uh, captured a number of, uh, or captured some of the people and brought them back to Babylon. And he basically put them in his university, into his training center. Some of the, some of the prize young people that he thought would make good uh, rulers. Uh, some of these kings, they did this sort of thing. They'd, uh, they'd take captives, then they'd train up some of the best of them and then send them back to their countries to rule. But because the king had looked after them, they um, they would be obedient to him and do what he said, you know. So it was quite a wise strategy on his part. But anyway, he put these captives into his university and Daniel chapter 1 verse 5 says, And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. So he treated captives very well to be giving them these delicacies. I guess we could interpret this, Pastor Gary, and say this was almost party food or banquet food that they were being given every day, rich foods and all sorts of exotic meats. He wouldn't have just been serving up sheep and goat, but they would have plenty of uh, bacon and pork and all the rest of it. And then it says, and the wine which he drank. Well, verse 8 is interesting. Daniel. Uh, was a faithful, God-fearing young man, and uh, he wasn't too happy about this situation. And he says, in, it says in verse eight, that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Mm. And so he asked permission not to eat this. And uh, the the uh, the chief that was in charge of Daniel, the person in charge of Daniel, thought, I I can't allow them not to eat this because if if they don't eat this and then they're worse looking than the other people, the other captives in the school, well, I'll get my head cut off. Mm. And so um, <laughs> he was in, in a real dilemma. Now, I should hasten to say that the reason Daniel stated that he didn't want to eat the king's delicacies, all this rich food and so on, and the and the alcoholic wine was because he knew that you need a clear mind to serve God. Mm-hmm. You need a clear mind, a health as healthy as possible to say yes to Jesus and no to Satan. And he knew that in the Babylonian court there would be lots of tests and temptations and he yeah. He didn't want his body clogged up and his mind clogged up. You know, there's a close connection between plain living and high thinking, and he understood that. In fact, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you are bought at a price, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Mm. So our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we're to look after them for God. And I think Daniel understood this, and that's why he refused these things. Mm. 
And you know, Don, tomorrow, well, um, you know, Don, that just on that particular point, that is actually so important. Uh, that passage of uh, Paul's, uh, where he talks about your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, that subject is actually so important that tomorrow, uh, our, uh, our guys are going, uh, Pastor Hugh and Pastor Ricardo are going to be looking at this entire subject of, uh, uh, who owns my body? Because so often in the big wide world that we're living in now, uh, you hear this uh, phrase, my body, my life, I care for me, you know, yeah. I care for me. Uh, whereas, yeah. uh, tomorrow we're going to spend the entire program just dealing with that particular passage because it is so key, uh, that as, uh, as Bible believing Christians, we understand, uh, what is actually being said. But, uh, sorry, Don, for interrupting. No, that's a very good point. Thank you. And that will be a good discussion tomorrow. Now, I, I love how Daniel responded here. He said, no, I, I don't want to eat this. But then he provided a solution. He suggested a solution. And in verse 11, Daniel said to the steward over the chief of the eunuchs, he said, verse 12, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. And then you can examine us and see how we look compared with the others. And so that's uh, what happened. Now, notice here, he said, give us vegetables to eat. Now, that word that translated vegetables there is seeds and nuts, or seeds which are nuts, or can, and nuts and grains and uh, plants, um, and dates and berries, and so it was a vegetarian diet that he was requesting, and instead of the alcoholic wine that the king would have served, he was asking for plain water, which, by the way, is one of the strongest drinks you can get and the best for our body. Indeed. But anyway, talking about that um, that diet there the vegetables and so on, it reminds me of God's plan for mankind's food way back in the beginning. Mm. Genesis 1 verse 29, God says, We have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth. So the plants that yield seed, we call them the grains, uh, the wheat and the oats and the barley and so on, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, well, trees that... We, we talk about fruit, uh, apples and oranges and so on. And then another type of fruit that some trees produce is what we call nuts. Mm. And the God said to you, it shall be for food. And then later God added uh, in chapter 3 of Genesis, he, he added the plants as well, the vegetables. And so that was God's original diet. And here Daniel is saying, I want to have that original diet, that very plain food. Now, it's interesting, Pastor Gary, that flesh food, animal food, uh, wasn't permitted by God till after the time of Noah's flood, some 2,000 years after the time of creation. Mm. And it's very interesting when we look, read the story of the flood that there were two types of animals that went into the ark. If you read the story, there's what God calls clean animals, and he took more of those in the ark, yeah. and then unclean ones, and he only took a couple of those in the ark, a couple of each of the unclean ones. 
And so uh, there's a clear distinction between what is clean and unclean there in the story of the flood. And then when we come to Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, it gives more detail as to which are those animals that are fit for food and those animals that are unclean or not good to be eaten. Yeah, Don, look, the, 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 the thing that really, I suppose, jumps out at me about what you've just shared is that uh, so often I hear people say, look, you know, this distinction between clean and unclean goes back to, uh, uh, you know, to the mosaic law. Uh, well, actually, from what you've just been saying, it actually goes back way before that uh, because you find at the time of the uh, Tower of Babel, just post the flood, uh, you get this distinction between clean and unclean being well known at that particular point and God at that point uh, prohibiting this thing called you know unclean foods yes and it and Gary Gary, God took seven of the clean animals in and only two of the unclean if Noah and his family had have got stuck into eating the unclean ones we wouldn't have them today they'd be extinct Indeed. And so the reason that he took more of the clean ones, there were two reasons. One, that he knew that he would be um, allowing man to eat them after the flood, and also only clean animals were ever used as a sacrifice Yeah. in, in religious ceremonies. You never read of the pig, for example, which is one of the unclean ones, ever being... God never says, take a pig and sacrifice that as as a type of Jesus and his sacrifice. Yeah, no, that's... And so... That's so important what you're actually saying there, there, Don. Um, look, look, I tell you what, look, our time is starting to run away uh, from us. Let's just take a yeah. break there if we, if we possibly can. And when we come back, look, I'm just wondering, I'm, I'm particularly interested in this issue of, you know, Daniel drinking water and avoiding the alcohol. Um, now look, I'm yeah. just wondering if you'd just like to make a few comments on that once we come back. But look, guys, let's enjoy some music. Sure. This is, uh, Anna Weatherup, uh, because he, uh, lives. Please, uh, please enjoy, God uh, because he lives. They called him Jesus. He came to love. Heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives because he lives. I can face. Feel the pride 
Was uh, was that uh, was that song in a day and an age where uh, depressive illnesses are going through the roof? Uh, the theme of that song, "Anna Weather Up Because He Lives," I can hold tomorrow. Uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, rendition. Uh, look, guys, uh, that uh, giveaway, that uh, free book, uh, it's a totally uh, a different book today to what it was uh, yesterday or the day before. Today we're giving away uh, Taking Charge of Your Health. Now, uh, uh, this was written by Hans, Hans Deal, uh, and uh, he simply says, if your future's not what it used to be, uh, why not get a new one? And he talks about Bob Anderson, uh, who couldn't even walk to his mailbox, who made some simple adjustments to his... Uh, to his life and was able to uh, travel uh, more than uh, 3,000 miles by uh, by bike and uh, uh, health became a totally uh, different uh, perspective in his uh, in his life. Taking charge of your health. Now look guys, if you'd like this particular book, uh, all you need to do is to text us here at our drive time text number 04888-80811. That number 04888 80811. Just text us here at the studio. Just text us the code. Uh, that is uh, SA55. Uh, and uh, our uh, our robot, now I noticed that uh, our robot, they've changed his name. Now, they didn't tell me that they changed his name. Apparently, he's no longer faithful. Apparently, he's Pilgrim now. Um, well, you, uh, uh, whatever response you uh, you get from either Faithful or Pilgrim, uh, hey, um, it's actually exactly the same robot. Uh, you'll love him. And uh, please, uh, SA55 to 04888. 
80811, taking charge of your health by Hans Deal. Uh, now, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Uh, big Q&A with Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is uh, live from Perth in West Oz, and that's Pastor Don Felberg. And uh, Don recently retired as the uh, Aboriginal Western District Regional Leader, and today we're talking his physical health and spirituality connected. Now, Don, we've got about um, uh, six or seven minutes are left to uh, left to run, uh, but look, I'd love to you'd actually just talk a little bit if you can about this issue of alcohol because I'm really conscious that in that story of Daniel in Daniel chapter one, he uh, substituted alcoholic beverages for water. Um, now you know, look, a- as Bible believing Christians, where do we stand on this issue of alcohol? Yes, thank you, Pastor Gary. Well, I think we ought to stand where Daniel stood and say no to it. He made up his mind that he would not drink it. And Daniel Daniel understood. He knew what Solomon had said in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1, where he said, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. You know, the first time that uh, I ever went to the Fink in the centre of Australia, I had a number of Aboriginal folk who came with me, and one of them was an old man by the name of Tommy James. And uh, they gave me a walking tour around the community, and um, one of the places they took me was up to the cemetery and uh, showed me around, told me about different ones there. And I never, I'll never forget dear old Tommy pointing to a grave there and he said, that's my brother in there, he said, the drink put in there. Wow. And then he pointed to another grave, he said, that's another brother, he said, in there. He said, the drink put him in there. Mm. And then I'll never forget what he said. He said, if I hadn't have given up the drink, he said, I'd have been in there too. Wow, and uh, you know it's and and the drink uh, causes so much, uh, so many problems. The Apostle Paul in First uh, Corinthians chapter three and verses sixteen and seventeen says, "We should not defile the temple of God. We are the temple of God, and we shouldn't defile it." Now, alcohol defiles or impacts almost every organ of the body. But one of the key areas that it impacts is the brain, where we make decisions. And as Christians, we want to have our mind in in the best, um, you know, top performance so that we can make choices for God and choices against the temptations of the devil. We need to be clear thinking, in other words, and Daniel understood that. That's why he said, give me water to drink instead of this other. And um, But you know, Pastor Gary, I've got a text I'd like to share with you, because some people might say, well, why, why shouldn't we drink? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. One translation says, Don't be fooled. There's neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, 
I've thought a lot about this. It says drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. That is, of course, unless they repent and change. Yeah. and change their way. Yeah. And the next verse actually says that uh, some of his, his readership there were once those things, but they had accepted Jesus and had changed their ways and they would be saved. I've thought a lot about this drunkard business. And what's the only safe course, uh, what's the only safe way of not ending up a drunkard? And the answer is clear, not to take the first drink. Mm. Mm. There are people that have that have um, just thought, well, they'll have a little social drink, and uh, and and uh, step by step, they've been led to the gutter. Yeah, and uh, and so the only safe course of not becoming a drunkard is not to drink. Now, maybe somebody listening out there today might say, well, that's all right, okay, but but I can handle it. I can just have a little bit, and I don't end up being a drunkard. I say to you, if you if you just have a little bit and you think you're all right, what about those little people that are watching you? They see you as a, a faithful Christian leader and they say, oh, he drinks a little bit, so I'll drink a little bit. And what if that person's metabolism is such that they end up in the gutter and miss out on the kingdom of God? Would, would you be held guiltless? Would you be held innocent? No, we are our brother's keeper and we are responsible for others. So I say again, according to scripture, the only safe course, the only right course is to not drink, to be like Daniel. Give us water to drink instead of the alcohol that destroys our body temple in so many ways. You know, Don, one of the yeah, things, one of the things I'm really conscious of, uh, and our time is starting to run away from us, but when Jesus was on the, on the cross, you know, they offered him, uh, a fermented, uh, a vinegar, I believe it was, uh, in, on a, on a sponge. They lifted it up to him. It was, uh, the yeah. only pain deadening, uh, uh, liquid, uh, that they had in those days. And it was sort of a, a, a sign of, uh, of sympathy for this dying crucifixion person. Uh, Christ, when he went to, uh, when he tasted it, he turned away and said, I don't want it. Uh, because his yeah. mind had to be kept uh, clear uh, for the service of of the Most High God. You know, to me, if ever there's an example that uh, says to me, yeah. hey, this uh, is something that I really need to take on board, uh, I believe it's that example. Don, look, our time is, is virtually gone. I'm just wondering, how would you feel about praying uh, for our folk here? If there's anyone who's struggling with their health issues, would you pray for them right now? Sure. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, we can come before you, the great God, the Creator, and our Saviour, the one who was willing to give your life for us. We thank you for your salvation. And we thank you too for the example that we've been given of Daniel. You blessed him in a marvellous way but he was willing to live by your principles. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you'll bless the listeners today. There might be somebody struggling with alcohol or struggling with some other addiction. I just pray that you will encourage them that uh, by your grace and through your strength that they can, uh, that they can be winners. Lord, 
on their own. These things are, are difficult, if not impossible to beat. But with your help, all things are possible. And Lord, I just pray that you'll encourage each one that whatever we eat or drink, we drink and eat to the glory of God. And we can only eat and drink those things that are in harmony with your directions. And so, Lord, help everyone to stand up like Daniel and to be blessed like Daniel was too. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Don Felberg on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Hugh Heenan will be sharing with Pastor Ricardo Schaefer. Uh, they'll be asking, who owns my body and how important really is body image? Really look forward uh, to being with you then. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.